0: to the International
1: House of Horror.
0: you guests and welcome back to the international house of horrors podcast your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible horrible gory bloody and the macabre i am one of your curators here at the house joe merle and i'm the other one i'm josh hi and uh josh you had a uh, you had a cool uh experience this weekend from what i understand man you guys had a little uh
1: little film festival going on um yeah we yeah, we have a we have a small uh, film festival right here in our in our biggest town uh, close to me. So uh, we decided I didn't have a whole week of time. So uh, we decided we'll just take Thursday, and I went and saw eight movies total on Thursday in cinema. That's awesome! It was like f- four shorts and four long ones, and uh, it was it was lots of fun and all German movies uh, and Austrian, yeah, but still German to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Austrian <laughs> and, still German. You Austrians don't count. Uh,
1: everything's german <laughs> well uh um, they talk german so it's no enough. no i i yeah
0: i am well aware there's there's times some when uh, i'll read something on imdb and what it's listed as you know what i mean and I'm, i can never t- i could never tell you the difference if i watched an austrian <laughs> yeah. movie or a german movie um so when you say yeah, okay so, so you said this is the closest like biggest town to you like how many how big of a town are we talking about here Oh god, I uh I have no idea. It's alright. No, 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 up, no. don't worry about re- don't re- really small. Yeah, don't worry about looking <laughs> it up. I was just wondering the um now was this the, the first year for the festival or was it the second year? No,
1: they're actually in their 40th year. Oh. <laughs> they started in the oh, 1980s. Wow. That's it's cool. the uh Max Ohrfelds Festival, he's like uh, the biggest director from close to here. And he made like um he he made he was big in the 30s and 40s and like went to um to France and then I think even to America and made movies there and so he's like our our biggest guy and so yeah he got a festival starting in 1980 and since then every year and uh, yeah what I want to talk about I didn't pick any of the movies I said I love seeing movies completely blind and where's a better chance than with this so I made Michael from uh, the film house podcast, uh, the former, um, I, I told him, uh, you pick the movies. I just go with you. I just uh, see, we made this whole plan. And this one movie, it was called "Endside," which okay. translates to, uh, end of times basically. And, um, the, uh, I, I didn't know anything about it, but I, I was spoiled right before I went in and learned that it was about zombies in some way. <laughs> And uh, it actually, it didn't premiere on this festival. It actually uh, uh, premiered on the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, so big. One. And uh, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's by <laughs> actually by a Swedish director, but she made it in Germany with German funds and everything. And uh, the the English title is ever after. And it's, um, yeah, it's directed by uh, Carolina Helsgard. That's her name. And it's, it's a zombie movie. It's and now, do you guys have good? Does. Do you
0: guys have good incentives for people to come to Germany to make movies? Like, is there tax breaks or anything mm-hmm. like that that you're aware of? Because I, I don't know if the system. I, I is I don't the, think so. Okay, because there is over here. There's certain states in the United States, like that'll give you great like tax <laughs> yeah. credits and incentives and things like that to bring filmmakers to their state. You know, just to generate revenue and excitement yeah. and things like that. But I was just curious if, um, so female zombie director, I love it when women direct horror. It's, um, yeah, you know, I like it when anybody directs horror, but, uh, because it's something for so long, you really didn't, you really didn't see too often. We did get that. What was the one from last year? Was it XX or XXX? I Uh, think it was where you had the Yeah. 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 yeah, You had the four um, little shorts, horror shorts by female directors, but, Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, I'm I'm sitting here talking about female directors, <laughs> and I really wanted to just know what this um, this movie's about. I, I I did want to say that I think it's awesome that women are directing horror because uh, you yeah, know, it lends a different yeah. eye to it, and we get some new stuff. So, was it any good?
1: It was really good. Like I I completely recommend everyone to check it out when it comes out. I know they plan a theatrical release at least in Germany and. Since uh, they already released it on the Toronto F- International Film Festival, I'm guessing they also want to go international and show it, at least release it somewhere else. And um, yeah, um, what's really great is this movie, not only does it have a female director, but also I, I don't... I'm not even sure if there's any man with a speaking role in this movie other than one old uh, man. Yeah, I think it's all... Like the two leads are two two girls who... Um, so the, the story of this movie is um there's all all of the world has uh, is, has been run over by uh by zombies there's only two cities left uh, Weimar and Jena and they're connected by a train Weimar does just uh, kill everyone at sight okay. so no one gets in and uh, Jena the other city they have a um uh they have a drug um they they are working on a on a drug to uh to cure on a cure for the zombie virus and uh so these two girls um jump onto the uh onto that train that connects them it's a completely automated train that brings um that brings food from one place to the other and all the stuff they need and uh, they jump on the train to get to Jena they are come from Weimar and try to get to the cure basically and uh, we don't know why they, they jump on that, uh, on that train, but they both do. And uh, then suddenly the train stops in the middle of the tracks because it breaks down. Okay. And then they uh, try to make the rest of the way by foot. And uh, it's, it's just really good. It's, it's a classic uh, zombie movie, not about the, the big group of survivors, but just two girls trying to get from one place to the other and trying to get over the zombies on the way.
0: It sounds like um, East and West Germany in the 80s. <laughs> trying, trying to get from one place to the other. One place will shoot you on sight. The other place is trying to be, uh, find, a, find a reckoning or a, a cure for what's going on in the world. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's where they came from. That's why she did um, it in German. They're like, they won't even understand what's going on. I'll trick them, but they'll know this story already. They,
1: they, they know this story. Um, Uh, anyways (laughs) yeah uh, so so what's really interesting oh go ahead yeah no go ahead ahead. what's really interesting is um that it's also like not only is the most of the cast uh female also i think there's only one male producer all the others are females the writer is a female and she actually a female a woman (laughs) yeah and she actually um she actually wrote a graphic novel for her master's thesis i think she was uh, allowed to write a graphic novel and that was this novel and then they made it into a movie and she wrote the, the script for the movie as well so this is like it's the creator from the beginning she worked close with the others and uh yeah the music is by a woman it's it's all female all the way uh that's down. Cool. and that's and it's it's really good the um the special effects uh are uh are good like it it doesn't look uh cheap it doesn't look bad there's not too much gore like you don't get the the typical intestines thrown out scene right. but you get some good gore so was, um,
0: it, was it um
1: was it any
0: cgi stuff or was it all practical
1: no uh, mostly cgi i think but okay. like uh well practical effects like on uh like wounds that happen they are practical but for the most part i think like there's there's it's uh, mostly like people getting shot and things that that are CGI, of course. But the zombies look uh, practical as well.
0: Oh, right on, man! I'll have to. Yeah. Hopefully, it does get a get an international release, and I can yeah, try I and hope so too and try and check it out. And you know what? I, I honestly, I believe, like if, once you said, she wrote it for her master thesis. I wonder what the topic was, like what she was writing for, and it makes me um, curious if it, there wasn't some undertones within this thing, like tell a story through, you know what I mean? The same way, but people have been doing that for years and years. I mean, and essentially those ideas helped start the zombie genre with Romero trying to, you know, this social commentary and, and looking at the, the socioeconomic and political aspects of the world and putting that into, putting that into movie form and especially horror form. But I am interested in seeing this. What was it called?
1: Give me the title one more time. Um, well, did the, uh, English release title is Ever After.
0: Ever After. Okay, so, but we yeah. already have one of those think, over here, so I don't know if they'd keep the same title because there was a I want to say like a romantic comedy or some shit. I'm sure there <laughs> has been <laughs> named Ever After.
1: Uh, Probably, but uh,
0: yeah, this is the better one. I yeah. can say that right now. <laughs> That's really cool, though. I um I I did finally get around to. We talked about it last week. Uh, I got around to watching Suspiria, the 2018. Yes. Yeah, um, so, but I I've, I've got to be able to talk about this without you know what though I don't think I could ruin anything because I know you're you're familiar and you and I both agree right that Suspiria is our personal favorite from the Three Mothers trilogy.
1: I gotta say I'm not I'm not sure how many of the others I always confuse all these Italian movies so I. Can't fully say how many I've seen, but this is the one I've seen and I love for okay. sure. So it,
0: uh, it is, I could say that. <laughs> it is absolutely the one I um the one I like the most. I've always and you know, part of it is that Suspiria, when I was I don't know how old I was when I first saw it, but it was kind of my first one of my first introductions to foreign horror. And so I think it holds a special place in my heart there. But I still go back and watch it time and time again. I'm like, this thing is amazing. Like, it's just an amazing movie, the original. And with this... two, Okay, so with the 2018 version, I will say I really liked it. I'll start there and say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but I don't feel... It, it. There's so many elements that I think I wanted from it that weren't there. And, you know, with somebody directing this thing who... Um, and I can't remember his name, forgive me, but he was the the same guy who did call me by your name and um that other one with uh, tilda swinton it it, yeah. it 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 doesn't feel like italian horror and i think that that bothered me a little bit but only bothered me personally because i wanted some of those i wanted the the bright colors and you know how argento did it um i but i'm glad he didn't do that specifically and I feel like I'm having a really hard time articulating this. Forgive me, people. It's it's 7:50 in the morning over here, and I just got up a little um, a little bit ago. But I thought the performances in this were amazing. Um, the the Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson were phenomenal, and I'm really glad to see Dakota Johnson doing things and really distancing herself from Fifty Shades of Grey. And showing that she has some, because I saw her in a couple of things these past couple weeks. And this one in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, she was really good in that as well. And I like to see her showcasing her talent. But in, in this one, the story is there. The core story is there. You have a girl goes to Berlin to a dance school and turns out dance school is run by witches. And in a nutshell, mm-hmm. that's what the, the original Suspiria was about as well. But this one, it it is too long for me. I mean two and a half hours. I feel like you could have condensed this story quite a bit and still told a really amazing story. Tonally, it had some weird inconsistencies. I think when you get to the end, there's almost a there's a, a really quick shift that happens, but I enjoyed that shift. But for for some people, I think it may you'd be like, okay, what you know, what kind of movie are we watching here? Like you went from one thing the whole time, and then um, not completely in a different direction, but kind of went in a different direction with the movie. And I would say my biggest complaint about the whole thing, and I don't know if it was intentional. I tried to do the research last night. I couldn't find anything on it, but this was composed and scored by, and I can't remember which band member it was, uh, from Radiohead. I want to say it was the... Um, I, I look
1: it up. Um, yeah, see uh, if, From York.
0: Yeah, okay. So he did the he did the score and you know uh, the original one it's hard to compete with Goblin because Goblin and Argento yeah. worked together so well but he almost pulled the the piano piece directly from the Beyond from Fulci's the Beyond oh which which is really weird because the Beyond is uh you know I'd probably put it in my top 10 horror scores of all time the Beyond has just okay. It's amazing. And you've seen The
1: Beyond, right? I'm not sure. You send it to me, but I don't think I've seen it yet, you, actually. I, I, I'm going to start sending you pieces <laughs> of shit in the mail until
0: you start watching some of these movies. You've got to see The Beyond. Um, I, but oh, So, okay, do me this favor. But, and I don't know when you guys are getting the release of Suspiria. I don't know if there's a date yet for it when it's coming out. Over I looked
1: there. it up. I haven't found it yet.
0: Okay. Well, when you do get a chance to see it, watch the beyond first because you've got to hear the score because and I don't know if it was on purpose. I'm trying to find more information on it to see if he intentionally used something so similar to, you know, it's kind of it was so close in the way that Under Pressure and Ice Ice Baby are close. And, you know, and but (laughs) Vanilla Ice swore up and down like, no, mine goes dun, 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 dun. And theirs goes dun, 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 dun. It's, yeah. It was remarkable how close these two things were. And so I want to know if he did that on purpose or if not, because it was his first time scoring a movie, but it felt like a direct ripoff. But as a whole, overall, I really liked it. And if I was ever going to go and pick a Suspiria movie, I probably wouldn't grab this one. I would grab the... The original one, original, uh, but I think it's worth seeing, and it is one I'll probably watch a couple more times over the next few years to see if there was some other more subtle stuff that I missed. The camera work was amazing, the set design was beautiful, it, it was very well executed. And I think if you just pulled the Suspiria name off it and put almost any other name on it, people would still enjoy this movie. Like, you do, it doesn't even need to be directly tied to Suspiria. But they, they did pull in a little more of the lore, I think, that was good. And there's some, some really beautiful uh, action-esque sequences. And um, the dance sequences were just amazing. Like, it, they really were emotional, watching these
1: women dance. So it was, it was good, man. So I can't wait for you to, uh, to check it out. Yeah, I missed it in the cinema. I'm waiting for it to get released here so I can watch it. So uh, I got to ask, though, I've heard that it's uh, mostly in German, is that true? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, um, it was actually really neat how they did it because it's, I wouldn't say mostly in German, but a big majority of it is in German and German and French, but it was weird because the, whenever they speak German, the subtitles have a red drop shadow and whenever they speak French, there's a blue drop shadow. So they even separated <laughs> the two languages and well, that's just, awesome. Yeah, just like the the original version, the 77, it all takes place in Berlin. So it's, yeah. yeah all Makes that. sense. Yeah, but it's, um, it's good, man. So yeah, you would even be able to watch it easier than I did because you'd
1: have to read less subtitles. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, know how much French you also, speak, but there is the majority was uh, German. I, I learned French in school for like six or seven years, but I don't speak any of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way i just looked movie. it up yeah i uh i saw the beyond i just um it's it's really hard with all these italian movies because they all have different titles in german yeah like completely different titles and also completely different titles in italian and they all mesh together when like i i gotta read into it again to see <laughs> if i've uh really seen it yeah because especially with that stuff you know
0: city of the living dead and the beyond and Um, even with opera and Suspiria, the the mother of tears, they, they do tend to, it's like, okay, which movie did some of this stuff come from? The beyond is my favorite Fulci movie though. So I think it sticks out. I've probably seen the beyond 15, 20 times. It's one that I've, (laughs) I watch a lot and, uh, that one. And I think zombie might even be more well-known than the beyond, as far as a global audience. Yeah. But in regards zombie to the titles, is probably the biggest. Yeah, you're right. There there are so many titles for these movies. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's yeah. It's like one title over here. Oh, it's over here, it's zombie. And it's called Zombie Two over there, and it's the beyond. And now it's the seventh gates of hell. And there's there are a lot of titles. I'll I'll give you that one. You are right. Yeah, there, there was regard. this
1: one that I that I really wanted to watch for a long time, uh, Deep Red. Oh, so deep red. The original good. title is Profondo Rosso, isn't it? But it's called Deep. Yeah, Profondo Rosso, uh, which is deep red. But uh, then I randomly found this movie on Tubi uh, um, uh, TV when we had that over here. It now went away, but we had it. And uh, and on there there was this movie called The Hatchet Murders. And I looked into it, and then I found out The Hatchet Murders is deep red. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 just completely crazy. And um, yeah. yeah, Deep red's good. It's uh, but you're right. Yeah, too many, many really titles. Good.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, Suspiria definitely worth the watch. As soon as you get an opportunity, check it out. Uh, and I will. so you know, let's uh, I'm I'm very interested in how today's gonna go because yeah, me and, too. And I'm gonna let you kind of drive the conversation. This was yours, um, your topic. You brought it to the table, and you said, "Hey, why don't we do this?" It is a A conversation that I am excited to have, but I am interested to see (laughs) how it goes. Uh, You wanted to to jump in and scared. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to jump in and talk about the Blair Witch franchise, and and I guess we can call it a franchise. You know, three movies. It it was a global phenomenon. There's been a few documentaries that I think we both had a chance to watch. A different kind of little expose,
1: yeah,
0: documentary type uh, type um, piece about this this series of of movies um so we go ahead man let's just let's just do it <laughs> yeah. and
1: and see where this thing goes so, so to to lead into this conversation i i liked the player witch for sure and i also had seen the second one the book of shadows and i know everyone hates it and i feel kind of different about it but we're going to talk about that and uh just a few just a week ago maybe i watched the the most recent one the player witch um and that was 2014 and i enjoyed right? that 2014 uh, I think 2016 was 16 think. was it 16 2016 okay. yeah the Blair Witch and I yeah the Blair Witch uh, well I, I think it's just called Blair Witch <laughs> but uh yeah I watched that one and yeah I, I I thought hmm so now I've seen the whole franchise we could talk about that because there is stuff to talk about and then this week I think we both actually uh watched all the movies or well I gotta say I tried I'm actually still having on to play Which book of shadows right now it's <laughs> <laughs> like I, I paused it but I'm I'm let me see I'm I think um uh yeah I'm, I'm 57 minutes in so only like 20 minutes missing so you're close enough and you've <laughs> and seen it and you've seen it before the I've seen it before yeah
0: yeah the the first one I have seen probably 60 times It is so. I will say that about the Blair Witch Project, the 1999 Blair Witch Project. I still absolutely love this movie. I think it's. I think it's great. I think it still holds up. um, You know, and rarely. And when I watched that, um, the documentary about it, and let me just let me look very very quickly. I think it was called Making Ghost Stories. I just got to get my. My video ah, thing. Oh, okay. uh, It was Creating Modern Ghost Stories, The Blair Witch Project. And it was only from, I want to say, last year or the year before when this came out. It's on Amazon Prime right now. So if anybody's got Prime in the States, I don't know if it's on your Prime over there. But it was... I think I looked for it. Yeah, three of the filmmakers sat down at Library of Congress, were interviewed and talked about the the making of the film, its lasting impact... And the way they described it when, well, actually they had two of the filmmakers and the woman who was responsible for creating the lore. And when I say creating the lore, she, I mean, it was phenomenal how she, she did all this stuff. I mean, creating the website and then putting all of this kind of false truth, you know, a mix in between information out there into the world but they described it, and they said when this movie came out, it was described as the first viral video and the first viral movie, oh. where word of mouth truly carried this thing and lifted it up and and put it on a new, put it to new heights. So the Blair Witch I had seen in the theater and then i have watched many many times since. In a nutshell, I don't think it's one we have to get into the plot too much because I feel like most <laughs> people have have seen this movie. Yeah. But the reason it's still scary to me is the same way that Jaws is scary or can still be scary due to the shark breaking. They were so constrained by their budget when they made this thing. They couldn't show you really anything. They had no money <laughs> to show you anything at all. So, so much of, okay, what's the witch, you know, is left up to the to the imagination, which I think works really well because you're still like,
1: well, okay, what's in the woods in – in
0: Burkittsville.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, So I got to ask because uh, you're you're a bit older than me and I I saw this movie like um, when I was like 14 or 15 when I got into movies. So I saw it really late basically. And um, you just said you saw it in the cinema. I've recently listened to a podcast of a guy who also saw it in the cinema and he said for at least a moment he just believed this was real because Everything you heard about it so far was this is real, and then he went to the cinema and it felt very real. Did you get into that like that at all? Like, uh, absolutely, Did, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and after hearing the filmmakers talk about it, I I understand a little bit more why you know this, and and I think we and I agree with them after hearing them describe it. I was like, okay, that makes that makes more sense. And you think about a modern Slender Man and things like. Uh, the internet, you know, kind of folklore that's that's been born recently, we want to believe that it's real. And and you want to go into it and, and knowing that this thing is real. And at that time, the internet, for the most part, was still in its infancy. It wasn't the internet that we know today. So there wasn't a ton of fact-checking and being able to really quickly be like, no, this isn't real and this is why. And they did an amazing job making it feel real. And I had never been to a movie before that just – starts and then stops. You, no credits, no nothing. It's just like, okay, yeah. this is the recovered footage that we got from, from the movie. And, and they did such a good job executing it in that they said they had filmed so much of this movie and only kept the pieces that felt genuine. Anything that felt fraudulent or actually acted, they pulled out. They put all the genuine pieces together and then built some of the story around that. So it wasn't even this this long narrative that they had figured out. They said, OK, this looks real. This looks real. This looks real. And that looks real. And they left all that in there and then built a lot of the rest of the story uh, kind of around the pieces that they had. So the movie really did feel like you were watching just real people. It never felt like they were acting and sitting down in that chair especially someone who loves horror the way that I do, you want to believe that these things actually happen. Cause that yeah. it's almost a justification and like, see, yeah, horror in the world. Like it could be real. And so, yes, for, for quite a while. And where I grew up, it was we lived on on 10 acres of woods that was like a half a mile back into the woods. You had to drive <laughs> back a half a mile into the woods, and the whole house is just surrounded by woods. So I was also a kid who grew up in the woods, you know, day, <laughs> noon, night. We would be out in the woods playing, yeah. and even as as teenagers, we spent all our time in the woods. We'd go wander the woods, camping, hiking, whatever we might be doing. So there was that connection to the, the environment of the Blair Witch Project that I had as well. And so I did, I did, I, I believed, I was like, this could possibly be real now, maybe somewhere deep down in my heart. I knew it wasn't, but I didn't want to listen to that part of me. I wanted to listen to the part that, that let me know it was real.
1: Yeah. Because I, I really got into it. I knew everything about it before I watched it. Like I knew this is a fake movie. That's the first found footage movie. It was a big deal at the time. But I, I still really liked it and uh, just rewatching it now to add on what you just said about it all feeling so real because it, they just took the real parts. I uh, watched a movie a few days ago with, um, with audio commentary by the directors and the producers and they talked about how they uh, went along with this. And it's really interesting that they basically, they just sent them out into the woods with, a, with, a, with an idea, with an outline. Like at that point, you gotta uh, you gotta argue about this, but that's about it. Like they they just had a few things that they get lost, and they actually had them sleep in the woods. And uh, during a few days in uh, a few a bit into shooting, they uh, decided like to give them like always enough to drink, but never enough to eat. So they would be kind of pissy and um, and um, yeah, and so many of the shots. Like I, I love how. They they watched the movie and every now and then they said, "Oh, and this was such a great accidental shot, like that that uh, first big shot that that still everyone thinks about is when they leave the car and he films it going away, not knowing that this is the last time they will see the car, and that shot was accidental. That wasn't planned. He just that just happened that way, and they put it into the movie because it looked awesome. Yeah, and uh, and that's a lot. And also they they. Uh, <laughs> They they said they had to like uh, cut things uh, together a bit to fit a narrative. Like uh, they wanted, um, I think they they decided to take Josh out first because um, that's what they had to do after what happened so far. <laughs> because they they actually wanted to take Michael out first, but that just didn't fit uh, along with what what's happening all the time. So they took Josh out first instead, and then it was also like they. They basically took uh, took Josh and then uh, took him away. Took a few more scenes with him, and he went home. Like he wasn't, he wasn't there anymore. And uh, I I think that's all really interesting. That they they basically went about making an actual documentary, basically about people being on the brink of reality in the woods. And yeah, uh, they they only reach uh, had to reshoot a few times because, of course, reshoots in a real feeling movie are kind of (laughs) shitty. Right. But, um, but they, they had to do it every now and then because something went wrong. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I I think it was genius. Also that they, they like, they told the people a little bit now something is going to happen and this is the way you have to go or else you'll poke an eye out with all the sticks when you run away. But they, uh, they didn't tell them exactly what was going to happen to have genuine reactions. And so most of this movie the people reacting are actually reacting to what's happening.
0: Right, cuz it was uh, there's some terrifying elements with the the tent shaking and the the voices out in the woods, you know they'd hear these these sounds out in the woods and they from what I understand listening to them speak they wanted to almost make it how Book of Shadows was made where well I shouldn't say Book of Shadows not how Book of Shadows was made. But almost more in line with, I would say, Cannibal Holocaust, where you had a a true narrative going on at the same time and then the documentary being made at the same time, kind of going back and forth between the two. But they kept doing it and they would try it and they said every time they tried to edit it together, it just didn't feel real. It pulled you out and made you feel something different. Excuse me. It pulled you out and made you feel something different. So that's why they stuck with the actual documentary style throughout the entire movie, because it made it feel like a a real experience. And I think that's why it still does feel the way, even knowing what I know now, it's still such an amazing movie. And I think very different than paranormal activity. And again, this was some of the stuff I learned watching them speak. And, you know, they said with paranormal activity, if you go back and watch it and Cloverfield and those newer found footage movies, they had the narrative done from the beginning and with the Blair witch, the narrative wasn't there. Like, and they had to figure it out along the way. And because those movies were made so differently with a a logical starting and ending point, whereas the Blair witch didn't have that, that they were, it, it tells a very unique story and I think makes it even feel a little bit more real. Because it wasn't a story that was fully fleshed out and ready to go, and they spent a lot of time talking about the ending. I know my copy has the the different endings on it. I don't know if yours or if you've seen all the uh, the various. No, endings. I haven't. Yeah, there's I don't some. Think I have what? So the the one I remember more than any of the other ones is actually him hanging, like he's hanging in the room in the okay. in the basement, and. Uh, But I think the ending they chose to, and there was one other one. Maybe he attacks her. But I just remember the one where he's actually hanging by the neck. But I think the ending they went with was just so it was so creepy of him just standing in the in the corner.
1: Yeah, it was really effective. Yeah, it was good. It was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it is really scary. And like that's that's where they fully went shaky cam. And for most of the time of this ending, you didn't see anything. It was just like. Oh, and suddenly a glimpse of him standing there, and then back to shaking and uh, screaming. But uh, it, it felt like it felt like you would be there. Like that's the way you would react when you stand right. in the woods and you see your missing friend in a corner. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and he's just standing. And then they've established all the lore up until that point, and that this man made them stand in the corner because he couldn't stand the kids watching when yeah. he would murder the other ones. Um, so the first Blair Witch Project, I think, is. It's still just a a great movie. It's It was foundational in the found footage movies that we know today. There were the cases before. Like I said, Cannibal Holocaust, I think, is probably... I, I don't know if it's considered the first, but it's damn close to one of the first yeah. found footage movies. Because yeah, in that movie, uh, they, they actually find the footage. Like, it is found yeah. footage. They find it, and then you get to watch these tapes as you're going throughout, and then you see the the other narrative going on along at the same time
1: yeah and another one uh where it's really interesting uh that like i think just a year earlier uh we got the release of uh, a year before uh uh the player Witch project we got another release another found footage movie that is basically the first of this kind because even though like you said cannibal holocaust feels like a found footage movie it's also It's clearly got a a movie around it. Like, Mm -hmm. there is, they find the footage, but uh, the the footage of the guy actually looking for the people and what happened, uh, that's a normal movie. That doesn't feel as much.
0: It does have that, but at the same time, with, I think, some of the elements of people not knowing if it was real or not kind of started with Cannibal Holocaust because everybody's read the stories about, you know, those guys having to go to court and. The director, him hiding the, the actors for like six months and saying, OK, just, yeah. just lay low because that'll help this thing gain, gain steam and gain momentum. So there were some of those yeah. elements as well as nobody really knew whether or not it was. And I think that's what the whole idea of found footage really, if you just I mean, it's bare bones is the idea that somebody found these tapes and what is on the tapes truly happened. And yeah. if the audience, if you can really make the audience believe that, then you, you've you done a good job.
1: Yeah. And so there's in, uh, I think, 98 or maybe 95, there came out a movie called The Last Broadcast, which is far less unknown, but also uh, really interesting. This is a guy making a documentary about uh, a similar case where, like, I think in that movie it's um, – it's internet journalists. like so These these guys, they do a, a ghost show where they go looking for creepy ghosts and stuff on the internet and then they get lost. And this, the last broadcast is a guy making a documentary about these guys getting lost and um, it's it's found footage in a different way. Like there's a narrator, there's this guy who actually cut it all together. Like that, that's something that's always kind of missing in most found footage movies is there, there's always this, okay, so there was this horrible case where uh, uh where a woman went into uh, ha- uh, lived at home and her husband filmed it all and ghosts started happening and uh, at the end she fled and he died and someone took the footage and cut a movie out of it it's always kind of like it you, you you think it's found footage you you believe it at the point but when you start thinking about it it doesn't really make sense that there's someone sitting there cutting it all together and making it seem extra scary um. Right. And so with, with, and the same with Blair Witch Project, really, like, why would they make this, this movie out of these people uh, uh, horribly dying in the woods with, with a witch? And, and uh, with you, the last broadcast, it's a guy making this documentary. It, it, it is. But I think
0: at the same time, if you look at our, our news cycle, you know, the news that we see every, every day, everything is predicated on fear. And, and showing you these horrible things. And even the first time I think it was really brought into American, um, maybe not even just American, but global households was during Vietnam and people started seeing these, these horrible images and, and videos. And then for a long time, there was the faces of death movies that really were just horrible accidents. But now that shit Mm -hmm. like faces of death wouldn't even hold up anymore because all that stuff's just on the internet. It's like, oh, watch this crazy yeah. thing that happened. So I, I you know, for people to cut that stuff together, there there is a a hunger for that, I would say, in the audience where people want to be able to see horrific acts from a safe distance. And I don't know why, if there's a desensitizing element to all of it, or if they just it makes you feel better about yourself, at least I'm not in that situation, or it'll it gives you the ability to say, okay. I've now seen the situation. What would I do if something like that happened to me? Like it lets you safely kind of look at it and, and formulate ideas of how you might respond to, to what happened. But the Blair Witch Project, it's, it's a, it's it's amazing. It's one that I will continue to watch for years to come. Uh, I'll never not watch the movie. It's, I I don't know. There's not much more. I know I've talked about it quite a few times, Probably on this show and on on those movie guys, and really spend some time talking about the Blair Witch because I think it's great. And a couple years later, after the Blair Witch, Wait, I, oh, okay, I've got yeah, go I've ahead.
1: something before that. because actually, uh, what I, what I wanted to add, I saw uh, one um, short documentary. Well, not really a documentary, but it was the television documentary that preceded the Blair Witch Project, uh, the Curse of the Blair Witch, which was. This documentary they run on television about uh, these three kids uh, making a documentary in the woods and then um, uh, getting lost there. And like it also goes into the mythos of the Player Witch a bit. And I think that is ingenious that they made the Player Witch Project movie and made a documentary about that movie. It was basically just a 40 minute long trailer that really went in depth. Like they showed a few scenes of the movie. But most of the time, like they, we had a, a um, television report of uh, when the kids w- went missing for the first time, and uh, interviews with friends and family of them, and um, it's it it was like it's it's a, it's it feels super real. And then watching the Pleiwig Project after that in cinema must be like you must think you're going crazy when you when you see it like that, because this documentary felt real and uh yeah the marketing was genius yeah, the marketing really well.
0: was was genius and they yeah. they
1: did and they
0: talked about that a lot at the library of congress that they built all of this lore around this movie and so everybody kind of knew and then you were able to do like you said do these documentaries and they i remember that documentary coming i want to say it was discovery channel i could be wrong where where they yeah, had something like that yeah where they had shown it for the first time but it really, I mean, so much of it just felt authentic. And with Curse of the Blair Witch, which has been a long time since I've seen that, because I feel like now I don't really have a lot of reason, you know, to go back to it. But yeah. it's
1: the marketing is brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah, they 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 were they really knew what they were going into. And then because they built this whole lore and I think the town is birkenshire right? Burgettsville. Something
0: like that. Burgetsville.
1: Burgetsville, yeah. And so because of that, people actually started pilgriming to Birgit's will and yeah. checking out these woods. And this led to a sequel that uh, I think is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. And this is where uh, we're going to argue because you're really going to have to
0: defend this thing because I, I rewatched it in preparation. It, I've seen it a few times, probably three or four times leading up to this point. Because every once in a while, even with movies that I... I don't like every maybe five years, four or five years. I'll go back and watch it just to see. Maybe maybe I just had a bad day. Maybe it was a bad time watching it and give it another shot. I rewatched Book of Shadows, The Blair Witch 2. I I rewatched it the other day, and I stand by my statement that this movie is shit. It is absolute (laughs) shit. And so so I'm going to let you give your reasons why. And then, and then maybe we can discuss a little bit about why I think it's it's hot yeah. garbage.
1: We, we we gotta get into it first, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, because this is the lesser known of the movies. Um, Absolutely, this is a, a sequel that's not like the, the director. Okay, I've watched the director's commentary, and he sounds very uh, pretentious about this movie. And um, he actually, uh, but I, I think I agree with what he said. He said this movie is uh. Basically, a postmodern horror movie, because it does. It, it's not a, a postmodern sequel, even because it's not. Um, it's not like a follow-up, like twenty years later, the brother and uh, the brother goes to find her or something. That would be a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead they, they went with. Um, the movie came out. Everyone loved the movie, and people started pilgriming to Bucket's uh, Will. Yeah, Bergensville. Yeah, again. yeah, you yeah. got it, Bergensville, to uh, uh, to to see what's going on there. And in this movie, he basically the movie is commenting on the first movie in the franchise, and um, it's nothing like the Player Witch Project. And I think that's what um, that's what annoys most people. That's why most people go right away that this is shit. Because like, if you watch if you watch Paranormal Activity. You want Paranormal Activity two to be basically the same, just go more into it. While Player Witch Project Book of Shadows is basically, um, yeah, there's these people going there, and then something happens to them. But this is a normal movie. This is like uh, really well shot, actually, with like uh, drone footage and uh, yeah, good cameras. There's no, uh, there's nothing like uh, Player Witch Project in this movie. Like there's no found footage even well they they kind of find footage i think of them uh, uh doing this party yeah. at so but it's the people in the movie finding footage about themselves and uh, i think in general it's just uh, um it's 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 not a perfect movie it's not close to the player Witch project which changed history but it's uh it's not a bad movie it's a movie you can watch it's got a uh I think it's got an interesting story. The gore is not is okay. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's an enjoyable movie. You just have to see it from, an, you, you have to go into it knowing that it's a completely different movie, that you're in a, that you gotta be in a different mindset, because they didn't want to do the typical, okay, let's make the same movie again just, uh, just a year later. No, they, they decided, let's do something completely different. And, yeah, that's what I like about the movie. Now, <laughs> your turn. Okay. The Book of Shadows, I will start by
0: saying the, the acting is terrible. Terrible in this movie, which can pull me out of almost anything. And I really like the guy who – I can't think of his name. I should have had it pulled up. The guy who plays the lead, the primary guy who was in the, the psychiatric hospital –
1: I, uh, Jeffrey Donovan.
0: I, yes, Jeffrey Donovan. I like him a lot. He was he's done some uh some things more recently. I loved his performance in the, the first season of Psycho, but I really like him. But what had happened with this movie, and I think the reason it's shit, is first and foremost, nobody <clears throat> excuse me, nobody expected the phenomenon of the Blair Witch. Nobody anticipated it was gonna be this huge thing that, you know, this global phenomenon, making 200 plus million dollars on a $60,000 budget. Nobody ever saw that coming. So the studio, you know, artisan immediately, well, we got to make another one. And so this movie is rushed. And I think you can feel that. And with what you said about the the commentary piece of it on the first movie, I can kind of see where he was going in that the way the first movie made us believe you know, something that wasn't true throughout this movie, they continue to reinforce the idea. You can never believe what you see on the screen. You can never believe what's there. And they even say it, you know, they make some line, like, Oh, video doesn't lie. Video doesn't lie. And the people going to Burkittsville, the, the plot of this movie I think is just absolutely ridiculous. And, but for me, there was so much of what made the Blair witch good was that it was believable This, the terrible acting makes it so unbelievable and so even as a even just as a regular movie, you know, you have the stereotypical goth girl, the the Wiccan, um, the the other couple who are doing the research project and then the guy who is out of the mental institution in the insane asylum they all end up at his factory out in the woods that somebody sold him for a dollar which i don't know anybody in their right mind that would sell a a factory for a dollar <laughs> and then you've got i i don't even know where really the blair witch fits into all of this i don't think it does and i think this movie is a hundred percent a cash grab it, it was nothing more than a cash grab they put the the blair witch name on it and I've heard it compared in the past to, say, Halloween 3, which I don't think this is comparable in that respect, in that with Halloween, they knew they were going to go anthology horror. That was kind of the idea from the beginning. But in this one, it's the the story sucks. The acting sucks. The, I, you know, them like. Oh, I'm gonna. Hey, can you slow down that footage? Yeah, I'm cool. Like video guy, I'll do this real quick, and we'll we'll check this out. And then him being kind of a, a douche to all of them. Go get me some coffee. I need some coffee. Bring me a whole pot of coffee. Um, just everything about this movie just didn't uh like nothing. And and they departed so far from. And I think this is one of those instances. You know, you said they they did a good job expanding upon it. I think they completely abandoned the lore and you already had this essentially Blair Witch Bible that had been put together about the whole history of all of this stuff and how it all played out. And we really didn't get, didn't get any of that. They showed up to the, the site where the man had supposedly killed the people. And like you said, there was Blair Witch tourism going on the whole time they tried a, a few times making it seem like they were talking to locals and the impact that this new swarm of celebrity for the town was having on the individuals who lived there but i think it was just a poorly constructed story and a, a and, and the i think more than anything else the acting is just so bad but there are instances where i think bad acting lends itself well to a movie and you could say oh that's kind of fun you know it's campy it's it's ridiculous but in this one, no. They were trying to be serious, but the whole thing was just like super quick put out there. And, and 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 even when I was listening to the filmmakers talk about it, I almost felt kind of justified because there was so many things that I'd felt about this movie for so long. The people who made the original Blair Witch were resonating some of these same ideas around the movie, and they just ran into it as quick as they could. I can see what they were trying to do. I, I can see they were trying to have this commentary element about the first movie and the phenomenon that it was. But this movie was just, it was just hot trash. I mean, and I hate to say that about a movie because I know that people put a lot of hard work into these things and you know, it's better than any movie I've ever made because I've never (laughs) made a movie. I've never made a big budget Hollywood movie. So they have done better than I have. But at the same time, I just, I cannot get behind Book of Shadows, even as a good movie. Even if you took the Blair Witch title off of it, it just, you know, we talked about the late 90s and early 2000s being a tough time for horror movies. I think this is a a prime example of tough time for horror movies. It just doesn't work on any
1: level. Okay, so I got to say first up about the acting. Um, okay, I got to say I watched this a few years ago for the first time and I watched it now with commentary and I don't remember too much about the acting. So I can, because now with the commentary, there isn't much about the acting that I can say. Um, but I, I liked the story when I watched it. I, I liked the the ideas they had. Um, this um, And uh, yeah, so the, the director... Which is kind—it's kind of crazy because this director is actually a documentarian, and um, he made the uh, the Lost Paradise, no Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Yeah. Yeah. About these uh, three kids, I think who. Yeah,
0: the killing people—they killed the other uh, two younger kids.
1: Yeah, exactly, something like that, and like he made those three movies, and he actually he uh, he likes the Player Witch Project, but he also hates how it was marketed. Because he thinks you shouldn't say something is real that isn't uh, because that uh, just blurs the line even more on what's, uh, what's real and what's not. And that's uh, bad for um, uh, for everyone if you don't know anymore if something is real or so not. So
0: why would you then take on a movie? Why would you even <laughs> agree to do it unless he felt like he was on a noble quest to show the audience oh, how fucking wrong you all were for for liking something, and then in turn makes a piece of shit movie on top of that. Because you think about it, though, we we do enjoy that. Why do we tell, you know, ghost stories and these, not only just ghost stories, but kind of modern folklore, you know, there was a guy with a hook on his hand who they could hear it scraping on the side of the car. We we like to believe some of those things. And I don't know why this guy is on this quest to, you know, disprove all of that or say that all of you are wrong for enjoying this, that is the wrong person to make a sequel to your movie. Like they, Somebody should have sat him down and at least talked to him. Be like, hey, how do you feel about the Blair Witch Project? He's like, oh, it was fucking horrible what they did. They made everybody believe something that wasn't true. Oh, you got the job. You're the perfect guy for the job. I mean, That would be like, you know, if somebody had made Friday the 13th Part 2 and they're like, oh, well, there's no way that kid could have survived. He had to have drowned. We just got to make – that's not the facts. We got to make this thing right. Or Nightmare on Elm Street too. Dreams, you can't have a monster in your dreams. That's fucking bullshit. There's no science that shows that's true. Oh, you're perfect. You get to make the next Freddy Krueger movie. Why, I mean, why? Hearing you say that makes me wonder even more why they gave this guy the job.
1: Was he willing to do it yeah, for peanuts I'm, just uh, like for craft I'm, services so he could prove his point? I have really no idea, but that guy actually like, he annoyed me watching the audio commentary because he's, he's, he's really pretentious. Like I, I never said that this is a great movie, right? I say it's not bad. It's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. That's basically my whole point because lots of people go like, this is the worst movie ever, which it is not. I don't think anyone ever (laughs) said it's the worst movie
0: ever, but it's damn close. Uh, but it, but but I wouldn't even say it's, it's not even, and I wouldn't even say it's not bad. I would say it's bad. And I rarely say a movie is bad, but this is one of the few where I'm like, this is just a bad movie. And I would like to hear some other people, you know, comment on this. Somebody write us. If you're, you know, a Blair Witch 2 apologist, let us know why fill us in on why you like this movie because I, I I would like to get some more outside opinion or even if somebody hasn't seen it in a while, rewatch it and let us know what you, uh, yeah. Let let Joe know
1: how how wrong he is. (laughs) I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. I think this is one of those instances Uh, where I, I I should make another poll, but after the last one, I'm kind of not sure if I really (laughs) want (laughs) to, but, uh, yeah. So in, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed this movie. And uh, yeah, but the, the director is really like for him, he made a masterpiece. And oh. uh, actually, actually um, the uh, the intercutting of the, of the gory scenes that happen every now and then uh, he hates that. He didn't want that. And the uh, interrogation scenes that are intercut every now and then. Yeah. That was really not what he wanted. He wanted that interrogation to happen at the end and the studio, uh made him do it uh, cut it into that and uh, i i think it's it's okay the way it is like with the with the uh, interrogation scenes cut in between and but it's it's so funny hearing a director talk about his own movie and saying yeah and there's another one of those scenes that i didn't want there <laughs> <laughs> right i i kind of say so, uh, yeah but it's 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 kind of interesting and he uh he he didn't hate the acting like i like i said i can't talk about the acting but he said they were acting really well so. <laughs> you need to you need to rewatch
0: it without the commentary and just watch I the so, acting yeah. because so much of it feels forced and and out of place and this could be one of those instances you know maybe it's hard when somebody is so in love with themselves And they think no matter what they do, it's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, you did a good job. And and then you've got the other side of that coin. You know, you look at your Stanley Kubrick's of the world who are like, we're going to do that 200 times until it's exactly how I want it to look. I feel like this guy rarely tried with some of these actors and actresses and, and nothing against them personally. I think some of it is dialogue driven. It's the way it was written where it just doesn't sound natural. The The words they're saying just don't sound right. And if you have words like that, there's no way to deliver it. Even if you deliver it in the most phenomenal way ever, it's still bad writing and it doesn't matter. The sentence sounds weird. Like however you say that sentence, it still sounds weird. But if he thinks he's like making this masterpiece, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. And I don't get yeah. you for, for saying it's not a bad movie. Um, because I know you've seen some actual like hot shit garbage movies. I, I know that. And and even there's the you know, there's some of those that are so bad that you you almost can enjoy it. I know you and I both really, really like Plan Nine from Outer Space, which yes. for all intents and purposes. I mean, literally, you have an army captain. It's cut in with actual army footage of missiles, and you just have a guy standing in front of a white sheet with binoculars <laughs> looking up into the sky. But it, 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 at least, I don't know. There's such a, I don't know where that difference is between this guy and Ed Wood. You know, Ed was, <laughs> he was, I don't know if he just had more love into it, and he wasn't, like you said, maybe it is that this dude was just so, so pretentious and liked to suck his own dick so much. Whereas with Ed Wood, he was so excited about it. And he was just like, we're making a movie. Like, yeah, this is incredible. Let's go out there and make a movie. And even, you know, with modern stuff like Tommy Wiseau, for a while, and he still kind of does like, oh, it was intentional that we did it this way. At least he had a language barrier. (laughs) And that's why you understand some of the dialogue being bad. But with this one, I think, you know, part of it is just that dude was... I can see it after hearing you say it, how in love he was with himself and trying to prove his point, trying to prove that he has some kind of intellectual superiority to the audience and is now enlightening them. He's like a cult leader, like, hey, let's all drink the Kool-Aid or you already drank the Kool-Aid. I'm going to wake you up your eyes. I'm going (laughs) to remove the scales from your eyes and you're now going to be open to this this world of cinema and you were all asleep, but now you're awake because you've seen Blair Witch 2. Fuck you, dude. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Get out of here. Uh,
1: (laughs) You you made a movie. That's not good. I'm sorry. (laughs) But uh, one more thing, what I found was really interesting that he talked about is uh, they were actually, they they weren't allowed to shoot in Burkittsville because there were so many people going there all the time that they just, like, said, no way, there's going to be another movie here. Get away. <laughs> so they had to shoot it somewhere else.
0: You think the town would almost like that? I'm sure it brought in so much revenue to restaurants and stores. And But then again, you don't want just a bunch of weirdos hunting for witches
1: all the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And if that's all you're known for is a movie where three people right. are killed by a witch. <laughs> right.
0: So yeah. Book of Shadows, yeah, please give us your feedback. I want to hear from the, uh, the audience on this mm-hmm. one and uh, the, the people who are kind enough to spend some time with us and listen to the show. I definitely want to hear what you got to say. Uh, okay, so Book of Shadows, I know that uh, we're running up against the clock here a little bit. We got about uh, 15 minutes and I do want to talk about 2000, you said it was
1: 16, 2016's Blair Wedge? Yes, exactly. Directed, which is, uh, we didn't even mention the other directors, but... Uh well, now it's not loading for me, but uh, *The Blair Witch* 2016, I was interested in it right from the beginning because it's directed by Adam Wingard, who uh, is a mumblecore director. He made, um, I think, *Your Next*, yeah, *Your Next* yeah. and *The Guest*, which are both great horror movies. Um, and uh, yeah, he made *The Blair Witch* remake, and so I was really interested in it. But then, shortly after it came out, like people were saying, it's 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 not not good. And so I kinda I didn't watch it in the cinema and didn't buy it or anything. But now it's on Amazon Prime, at least over here in Germany. So I did no on Netflix, I think. So I decided I'll just watch it. And I gotta say, it's it's not world changing. It's not a new player witch project. No. But it wasn't bad. it's it's a fun movie. I wouldn't even call it a
0: remake though, because it was more of a direct sequel to the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did I say remake? Yeah, I think you said remake. Oh, sorry. No, a sequel, of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and rewatching this one, like you said, it, it didn't change the world. But there's a lot of this movie I really like, and there's a lot of things yeah. they did that that I think were were clever. And for me, what they did well was at least they tried to expand upon that original story, and and spent a lot of time with with the witch and. The mythology behind the Blair Witch, it, it is one that I did see. I saw it in the the theater, and then I picked it up as soon as it came out uh, digitally, and I watched it a couple times. But when I re- rewatched it this week, it's probably been a good year, uh, year and a half since I had seen it. I, I think what works here well is the the acting is believable. All of the the characters do feel like they're they're people who could be out in the woods. Now there, there's a couple moments where you kind of feel pulled out, and there's always those elements in a when you get a found footage type movie where you say people don't really talk that way. But the truth of the the matter is, is that in any movie, if people talked exactly how we talk in the the real world, it would get pretty boring pretty quick because we tend yeah. to have just a lot of filler dialogue in between deeper conversations. But with this one, um, and and. Should we – yeah, we'll spoil this. We know we're talking about – people know we're talking about the Blair Witch. It's been out for a couple of years.
1: And I, I think it's, it's just something really spoilable about this one where, where you could say uh, it doesn't make sense to watch that if you know that. I'm not sure. No, I
0: think – well, the biggest spoiler part for me, and again, this is going to be a spoiler, is you actually get to see what, what you believe is the witch for the first time. Even though it happens yeah. in, in really quick flashes – you actually get to see it in the the house once they show up there. But what I like about this movie is the manipulation of time. And it it helps to explain a little bit what had happened in the original Blair Witch Project in that, you know, they could never find their way out of the woods. And in this one, we get a deeper understanding of why they could never get out of the woods because the witch has this ability to manipulate time and space within The woods, like once you're in there, it's almost like the witch is a part of the woods. And and for a long time, people have so closely associated even modern Wiccans. You know, there's a a close relationship between witch culture and nature. They kind of almost go hand in hand. Yeah. And so seeing the witch, the Blair Witch, be able to to manipulate these people. And I, I loved it when I saw it in the theater. I really enjoyed the scene. The, the first time the two kids that they met up with who had found the original DV tape, the first time uh-huh. that they come out of the woods and they're all dirty and scared looking and they're like, yeah. how long has it been since you've seen us? And they're like, well, we've been fucking hiding for five days. And I was like, oh, that's good. Like that's I, I like that. <laughs> and, you know, the, the watches yeah. go off and their alarms go off and it's seven o'clock in the morning, but it's still dark out. It's and, still night out. Yeah. yeah. How could we sleep? until? I, I like those ideas. Afternoon?
1: Because I think we, we got those ideas a little bit in the Blair Witch Project, but not to the full extent, like here. Like in the Blair Witch Project, there was something about time that was kind of off. There was something that they always got lost, but they, they didn't get deeper into it, right? Right. While in this one, it's literally, they, they say, hey, we, we've been looking for you for five days, even though it's just been an hour, uh, a day or something. Yeah. For the others. Yeah,
0: they had left a, a day earlier. And... yeah. Uh, the, so, so the story for someone who maybe hasn't seen this one, you had mentioned it a little bit earlier. Heather's brother has been kind of scouring the internet and always keeping his ear to any news about the Blair Witch. And he has a friend who is shooting a documentary for a, a project, a class project, yeah. a, a documentary film class. So she's like, I'm going to shoot this project about you trying to find your sister because he comes across this. This video on the internet, and he he watches it, and it's somebody going through this house, and the camera moves, and then you see the a quick image of somebody in a mirror. You can't really see who it is, but he's like, "What if that could possibly be my sister, or and it could lead me to where my sister? What might have happened?" He just wants some kind of closure around what had happened to Heather. So him, his best friend, the best friend's girlfriend, and the documentary filmmaker all take off to Burkittsville. They meet up with the guy who had found this tape, allegedly the guy who uploaded it. And now they're all six going out into the the woods together. And there was a really good line in there that I liked where the the kid tells the um, the black guy and I hate to just say the black guy, but I can't remember any <laughs> of their names. But he tells yeah. him um, maybe like you never get out. And he's like, well, I got out. I was here when I was a kid and he's like but you never get out maybe we are just here to get you back and that's what a lot of this is and so the blair witch finding these these uh these kids and and they expand upon the lore a little bit and they say you can go out in the woods but just you can't spend the night like that's kind of where she gets you once you decide to stay there over the course of a full evening that's where the blair witch can kind of get her get her hands on you and the camera stuff was really neat. I enjoyed that they had different types of cameras, not just over the shoulder or handheld cameras. Yeah. You had cameras mounted in trees. You had the, the drone camera. They all had the headpiece cameras that yeah. they would
1: wear around. Yeah, I, I really like that because they couldn't do that, of course, in the original because there wasn't that technology out there. There was only this big right. camera, and they actually broke one during shoot in the original yeah. movie.
0: They said they put and, them in the uh, original movie. They put them through like a, a two-week camera operation boot camp, where they <laughs> kind of taught them a, a condensed film school on how to operate cameras because mm. they would be the ones, they'd be the ones doing
1: it filming. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, in this one they they had yeah the, the drone was a really good idea and also that it. I mean you can easily get rid of drones if if they're too convenient right and they managed to do that in the movie yeah and yeah they had, they had lots of of cameras and um I think they also reviewed the footage every now and then right yeah I mean, I already I'm my brain is I always forget all the things about the movies <laughs>
0: yeah they would but, they, uh, they would look at um I think they would look at some of it they could do the the quick review, but for the most part, it was, again, they set the movie up as these were the tapes that were found of these, these people that went out into the woods, which, I mean, there's a lot of this that, no, nobody would have found the tapes, like you said, who found it and then edited it all together in a way that would be scary, but, but by this point, we don't need to believe all of that because everyone knew the Blair Witch mythology and yeah. that it wasn't a, wasn't a real thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. We don't need. To, I think found footage as a, at a point now where we don't need to believe it's real. I mean, we had movies like Cloverfield, and I think we would have all heard if a monster the, uh, showed up Statue in New of York. Liberty, yeah. yeah, the <laughs> Statue of Liberty lost its head because of a giant monster coming from space, destroying <laughs> New York City. It's so uh, we we don't need to actually believe it's real. We just it's just a way, a different way of presenting a movie. Yeah. So I think the the whole uh, I don't believe this this doesn't seem real. I'm not sure if did if that still counts these days because yeah, you would have heard of these things. <laughs> Absolutely. And
0: and with the Blair Witch I I did really enjoy the final sequence. I love the stuff in the house. And there was a you know what the house almost like the the time started changing differently and and things being manipulated even quicker and you've got the 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 stuff with uh, the Blair Witch now is kind of like Cthulhu. Like if you look at the Blair Witch, you you go mad or you just die yeah. right away. And so you have the girl uh, with the camera pointed over her shoulder and she's looking at the screen. And she says, well, if I don't look directly at it and we actually get to see the, the witch type creature go, you know, scurrying by really quick, which I thought was creepy and it was effective. I thought the house was really good. And that the house only manifests itself once it was ready, like the Blair witch was leading them to this point and then shows them <clears throat> shows them the yeah. house and they're able to to go inside and of course everybody uh yeah it did make me really kind of claustrophobic though when she was in the the sewer not in the sewer, but where she's in the underground tunnel and she's yeah. she's crawling with the camera that was uh yeah. that was pretty creepy, and we Again, see that the Blair Witch can manipulate her voice and her, her presence, too. <clears throat> yeah. Blair Man, Witch can basically do anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so she calls out to her at the end. And she's like, you know, uses the, the guy's voice. Help me, help me. And then she turns around and fucking bang, right in the face. That's it. Camera falls to the ground. And Ends, ends kind of like the first one. But I would say you can watch The Blair Witch Project and then watch just Blair Witch and you'll be fine. You could never watch Book of Shadows and you'd be okay as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the, the newest one, The Blair Witch, uh, it, it got, like, people were talking uh, worse about it because it's a Blair Witch movie and they made it a sequel. And, of course, either people were expecting, like, something as good as The Blair Witch Project Right. Or um, or we're going into it thinking it's going to be shit anyway because it's a sequel to a classic. And uh, so uh, I, I think that's why this movie gets such a bad rap. But it's actually, uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. It's not the greatest found footage movie there is. But it's it's fun. They have some fun ideas. And I really enjoyed it. This is one when, when you say things like, oh, the...
0: the- you know it's it's a good movie even if it doesn't hold up to the original i feel like this works in that instance not yeah. not uh
1: blair witch 2 the <laughs> i just don't um, well, those get shit on different levels, and I'm also weird. arguing on different levels. Uh, wh- one more thing that I want to bring up about the most recent player, which is something uh, because the, one of the actresses seemed really familiar to me, but I couldn't place her, and that's uh, Kelly Hernandez. And I looked her up, and her her she only was in fifteen movies so far, and um, the first one was as space babe in Mackay Kills. Oh, okay. Then, without even being called in *Sin City* two, a dame uh, to kill for, like she wasn't even credited. Those are both um, uh,
0: Robert Rodriguez, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, uh, then the *From Dust Till Dawn* series, she was in two episodes. Then, in some short movie, in a TV movie, and then following up in 2016, she was in La, La Land*. She was one of the girlfriends, Tracy. Oh, okay. Then in *Player Witch*, she was Lisa, and then in *The Endless*, she was Anna. Oh, okay. we both watched the endless recently yeah. she's the, yeah. the the girl he's into and uh and then her next <laughs> her next movie after that was uh like well there was another uh, series called graves i don't know and then she was in alien covenant oh yeah ap- she was upward. yeah that's right and and then under the silver lake which i haven't seen yet but she's she's kind of she went from nobody to like being uh, in some bigger projects, alien and, in, yeah, in like in like a few years, and now she's like in so many movies, and she she was really good in all of them I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, she's good. Or at least,
1: yeah, and so uh, that that was kind of because she seemed familiar, and then I saw, oh, I've already seen basically half the movies she's been in.
0: <laughs> and we've seen it time and time again, though. I mean, horror is a good stepping stone. It's almost like a rite of passage in a lot of ways for a lot of actors and actresses because you tend to be able to get onto a horror movie, you know, a lot easier before you get into a, a big, any kind of a big blockbuster. Every once in a while you see somebody that's like introducing so-and-so in these huge blockbusters or big budget movies, but horror seems to be pretty accessible when it comes to yeah. actors and actresses. And um, I mean, so many greats have started in horror that, that we've talked about over. Maybe we should do that as an episode sometime. That would be, that'd be yeah, a lot that of fun. would
1: be a good episode.
0: Yeah, to look at. I some also thought
1: we should we should do an episode on uh, found footage movies in maybe the near That'd future be good, because there are some good ones. Like,
0: there are some good ones. And I was, just in the topic, yeah. I was talking to Will about it not long ago. We were talking about found footage, and there's not really a lot of found footage outside of horror. You, 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 you <laughs> yeah. know, I can't think of almost that, any any real. I, I think searching was more of a
1: that wasn't really horror but no more of a who uh, w- kind of a thriller i I've, I've got one i have got one found footage movie that is not horror at all have you heard of project x uh uh-uh. uh it's uh well it, it's actually uh like we watch it basically every year to party because it's a movie about a kid uh, his parents go away and he uh, starts a, a a home party a house party in his house and they just invite everyone and it goes crazy and like it's the biggest party in the town and uh the movie was made uh, mostly it's one friend who's filming it i think for a school project or something he's filming uh, the whole uh, planning of the party and then the party and they also actually had basically a party and just gave lots of people camera phones and had them film the party <laughs> oh,
0: okay so that's
1: almost and experimental in a way yeah but it's it's really it's a really good uh found food. like not good it's fun it's really so much fun and miles teller is in it <laughs> oh nice i do like miles yeah. Teller.
0: i mean uh, yeah I'm me a too and
1: he plays miles teller like they all have their real name but they actually call oh hey that's that's miles teller but in this movie <laughs> nice. i think this was like 2012 that was before he got really big but and he plays like the school jock. I'm I'm thinking maybe he actually just plays himself because I'm not sure if in 2012 he was as big as he is right, right. now. But right. that movie, it's not a horror movie at all, but it's it's so much fun and it's completely found footage.
0: Well, maybe we'll have to do a found footage episode one of these days then. Um that'd yeah. be good. Well, all right man. Well it was um it was fun talking about some Blair Witch. Uh <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it is for anybody who hasn't seen the movies they they're definitely worth seeing, and uh, maybe not Book of Shadows, but watch it just so you can tell me that uh, maybe I'm wrong um, I highly doubt you will tell me I'm wrong, but who knows if you're if you're a, a big advocate for for Book of Shadows, please let us know because I 'd like to know the the reasons why um so cool, man. Uh, if you want to get into contact with us, you can IHOH Podcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Reach out. Let us know what you're thinking. If you got any ideas for any upcoming shows, you'd be like, hey, this would be cool if you'd talk about that. Please give us a give us a, a message on, like I said, any of the social media platforms, or you can email us, IHOHpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would jump onto the Apple Podcasts, leave a rate and review. Those are, are highly, highly appreciated. We like it uh, so much more than you know. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. And for the International House of Horrors, I am Joe Murrow. And I am Josh. And we'll be back next week with all things terrible, horrible, bloody, brutal, and the macabre.